How deep the Father's love for us How vast beyond all measure That He should give His only Son To make a wretch His treasure how great the pain of searing loss the father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory Caught up in the 
Oh, I'm not here. 
Jesus, who do you think you are? You came riding into town. You claimed to be God. The people lined the streets and shouted, Hosanna! Oh, it looked like they loved you. But they didn't. They did not love you. They did not heed your words. They were not your friends. They were your enemies. And before the week had even ended, they crucified you. And now, here you are, nailed on a cross, naked and weak. Of course, the only reason I'm here is because I know what you're really up to. You're paying for something. You have been crowned with guilt, the shame of all the people you love. The mistakes of every person, that nagging selfishness that emerges from the womb like a cancer that never stops growing, the cheating, the backstabbing, the despicable things they wish upon others, all the secrets kept under wraps, kept behind closed doors. I can see you pushing with your feet, trying to breathe underneath the weight of it all, all the petty anger of prideful men the blatant disregard for others, the lack of compassion, the insistence of entitlement, the material obsessions, the unspeakable amounts of money they spend on looking good while their fellow humans are starving. What does it feel like knowing that all of this is on you now? Every divorce, every abandonment, every deadbeat dad, every gunshot, every kid lying dead in the street, the men who kidnap girls and sell their dignity for a few dollars, all the insecure rage and outbursts, the I hate you, the I'll do what I want, the pornographic addictions, the jealousy, the idols, the celebration of vanity, the constant pursuit of look at me, look at me, look at me. Well, now we're looking at you, Jesus. And all I can see is a world drowning in sin and suffering. I realize these were not your doing. Nonetheless, I'm happy for you to be taking the blame. Humanity has done a fine job with this, but I'll take it from here. Before we're done, I just have to ask, what kind of person claims he can forgive the whole world? Who do you think you are? Sincerely, Death. Dear Death, I got your letter. My apologies for it taking a few days to write back. I had some important work to finish. I know you weren't expecting me to reply, but 
I'm always eager to provide the answer to a good question. Who do I think I am? I'll tell you who I am. I am the eternity before history. I am the potter who spun the galaxies. I am the spirit over the deep and the one who tells mountains to migrate. I am the cloud of day, the fire of night. I am the co-conspirator behind the scandal of grace. I am the keeper of the books. I am well aware of the debts that line the pages of every generation, and today I am stamping each and every one of them paid in full. Who do I think I am? I'll tell you. I am the just and furious wrath that makes hell look like a campfire. And I am the towering wave of mercy that can quench its thirsty flame. I am the billowing storm of love that sits on every horizon. And my goodness rains down on both the wicked and the righteous. I am the redeemer of wasted years. I am the welcome home to every prodigal son. I am the voice in the ear of every young girl whispering, I created you and you were created beautiful. I am faithful even to the faithless. My name is salvation. My name is power, even power over you. Do you really want to know who I am? I am the foot on your head. I am the spear in your side. I am the one author of this story. I am the one holding the pen, and I will block you out with a single stroke of my hand. I will have the last word because I am the word. And death, I am here to give you a word. On Friday, you weren't attending my funeral. You were attending yours. The nails in my hand will be the ones in your coffin. And just to be clear, I was not a victim of human plans and I was certainly never a slave to you. I am the victor. I am the master. I am the one who sets the captives free. And not only have I broken your grip on me, but I will pry your fingers from all who call my name. You are done. You are powerless. Your work is null and void. Pack up your bags. Go and tell your friends. It is finished. And in case you're still wondering, who do I think I am? I'll tell you who. I am. Sincerely, Jesus. It's not over. It's finished. When you look at the picture of Good Friday and what we celebrate, it almost doesn't make sense. Why call this dark night, this brutal night, good? Why, why is a symbol of death a symbol of hope? 
It looks like it's over. I mean, at this point in the game, because it looks like it's over, life is full of all kinds of confusion for the people that are close to Jesus and watching this go down. Everything seems shattered. There's a finality to that language. It's over. There's a helplessness to that language. It's over. There's a, I can't do anything to change my circumstances feeling to the language. It's over. It's not going to get better. My hope is lost. It was misplaced. Things are never going to change. It's over. That language, it sucks the hope right out of everything. And my guess is that you probably experienced that feeling. The over feeling. Maybe you've experienced that in a relationship or about a dream you had for your future. Or maybe you felt that because of a mistake you made or some hurt that you've experienced, some brokenness that you've been walking through. Maybe life hasn't turned out at all the way you had hoped it turned out and you've thought it's over. My dreams, whatever, it's over. It sucks the hope right out of life. The picture you get of Good Friday, it seems like it's over. In John chapter 19, it tells us this about the death of Jesus. It says, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I'm thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it. They put it on a hyssop branch and held it up to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Such a final finality to that picture for all those who would see it and confusion about why we ever would call such a day good. But Jesus didn't say it was over. He said it's finished. And the difference in the language between it's over and it's finished, the difference of living like it's over and living like it's finished is the difference between having a hope that amounts to nothing more than wishful thinking, easily blown away, destroyed, or ripped from you as the circumstances of life get difficult. And, or a hope that is so deeply rooted in your soul that nothing can shake it from you. Not a pandemic, not a disease, not a broken relationship, not a crushed dream, not a huge failure or mistake. Nothing can shake that hope from you. And the difference between those two kinds of hope, it's all found in the language. It's over or it's finished. Jesus didn't say it was over. He said it was finished. It's something he had told us he was going to do. In John chapter 4, early on in the recorded story of Jesus in the book of John, he had said, I came to do the will of God to finish his work. He had always come for this moment to finish what he came here to do. We focus on the physical part of Good Friday so much. I've preached so many sermons on the physical part of Good Friday. I've 
You know, and, and it's important. It's important to understand the severity of God's act of love for you. How severe this act of love was and how brutal it was and how much the lengths to which God went through for you. It's important to understand those things. But I, I don't want to miss this and I don't want you to miss this. What The reason Good Friday is good, why Good Friday is good, why we celebrate this, why it can easily become one of your favorite services in the year, why this is so good is because what Christ finished on the inside for you. I mean, that's where the hope takes its seat. That's where the victory is really won. It's on the inside. Colossians chapter 2 captures this so well for us. Paul kind of sums it up in this book to a church he loved in a couple easy sentences. And I don't know about you, but I like easy and I need to understand what Christ finished for me so that I could have hope on the inside, deeply rooted in my soul that nothing can steal from me. It says this in verse 13, it says, you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to a cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. What, what he finished, what he spiritually finished for the inside of us can give us such great hope. The first thing he finished was death. There's three kinds of death that we learn about in Scripture. One is physical death. It's physical separation from life. It's physical separation from the living, people that are alive, people that we love, people that we care about. There's spiritual death, which is uh, separation from God, something we all live in until we find life through Christ. It's something we live in because of the sin and the brokenness we brought into this world, starting at the garden and perpetuated throughout history by each one of us kind of doing our own part in that broken, messed up system far from God's plan for us. There's spiritual death and then there's eternal death and that's kind of the physical and the spiritual separation of us from God, all three of them. So terrible and so so fear-inspiring in us and what this passage tells us is that Christ killed death. He finished it and he offers us new life. In Timothy, it says this, 2 Timothy, it says, God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Listen to this. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way of life and immortality through the good news. Death is something so scary. It causes so much fear. It seems like it's over when death comes along. But it's not over because Christ finished it. And through faith in him offers us new life. 
past our physical separation, where we can be reunited with those we love through faith. He takes away the separation between us and God, not someday in the future, right now, through faith in him. And he offers us eternity with God forever alive. He offers us life in the place of death. That's why we can sing like death. Man, where is your sting? It doesn't hold anything on me anymore. I don't have to be afraid of death anymore because God's blood, life spilled for us, himself offers us life in place of death. He finished death. The second thing he finished is our debt. It says that he forgave all our sins and canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to a cross. I love the imagery that Paul drops on us in this passage. The idea of canceling there is the idea of taking a whole book, that Greek word, it's only used here in scripture. It's just, it's the idea of taking a whole book and taking an eraser to it and erasing all of it. He captures the idea of having a bill, like after dinner, they bring a bill, a record of everything that we owed, everything that's gone wrong, all the brokenness we brought to the world, all the suffering we've experienced because of the brokenness of other, not some, not in part, not just a few, all forgiven and wiped clean, separated as far as the east is from the west from us, made white as snow, no more guilt, no more shame, no more trying to live up to the burden of trying to get it right and so often realizing that we fall short. Christ offers us a new heart and forgiveness and he finished our debt through the cross. He paid for it all. He canceled it. The best kind of canceled. The third thing he finished on the cross is our enemy's power. It says he disarmed them. Some versions, sometimes you can translate that word, he stripped them of their spiritual rulers. In the Message Bible, a modern interpretation of Scripture, it says he stripped all of their spiritual tyrants of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. It captures this picture of Roman triumph that Paul was trying to capture in this when he's talking about what Christ has finished for us. He's finished the power of the enemy over you. This idea is a, of a Roman triumph. They would go out and they would defeat the enemies and they would have a parade, a triumphal parade afterwards. The generals would be out in front, whoever led the battle, and then the soldiers would be behind and they would be bringing in tow the plunder and then there would be their enemy stripped down naked and bound, walked before Rome to see them defeated. And this was an important part of their culture because what it said was, it said, see that thing you've been fearing? The people that you have been living in fear of? That you've thought they would destroy you? That they would take you captive? That they would beat you down? That they would ruin? That they would steal life from you? You don't have to be afraid anymore of your enemies. Look at them. They're defeated. They can't do anything to harm you anymore. And the picture Paul captures of Satan, the enemy, the thief who has come only to steal and kill and destroy, 
is one of defeat and shame. He thought it would be his victory on the cross, but it was Christ's. And the parade is so good. All the lies you've been believing about yourself, you don't have to believe them. The, the, the idea that you don't have a future, that you can never experience joy or fullness or life, that the, the, the lie that God doesn't love you because of something you did or that, that he's angry at you, all of that, right, is just a sham, a lie thrown at you by the enemy. He tries to cause anxiety in you and depression in you. He wants to see you defeated and torn down and wore out and broken. But Christ has stolen his power and wants to bring you to the fullness of life. He has come that you may have life and have it to the full. He's defeated the enemy. It's not over it's finished and when you understand that in your soul it gives you a hope death can't shake from you cancer can't steal from you a death of virus can't rob you of no no defeat or rejection by a human being can take it from you the enemy can't squelch it hope grew to deep in your soul because of what christ has finished for you the victory is won all you have to do now is just walk in it so i'm done maybe you need to say that too like i'm done because he's finished christ's work is finished for me i'm done fearing death I'm not going to fear it anymore. It doesn't have sting in my life. I don't fear it because I know I have eternal life through what Christ has finished and my faith in him. I know I'm going to see the people I love who have gone before me, who will go after me across that great divide through their faith in Christ, my relationship with them intact and restored. And most beautifully, I walk with Christ in eternity. I'm not, I'm done fearing death. I'm done. I'm done carrying around the guilt and the shame of the mistakes I've made. I'm done letting my past define my future. I'm done carrying the burden and the brokenness. I want to be free of all of that sin. And so I'm done because Christ offers me forgiveness and I'm going to step into it and accept it. He finished it and paid my debt. I'm done. I'm done being ruined by the lies and the mistakes I make. I'm done I'm done believing that I don't have a future. I'm done believing that God doesn't have my best in front of me. I'm done believing all of the things that the enemy would use to cause me anxiety and to bring me down. I'm so done with all of it. Are you done with it too? I'm going to step into what he finished for me and live in the hope he has for me. And so I'm going to say right now, maybe you need to say this. If you've never said it, you need to say this. I'm going to be found with Christ and his finished work for me. I'm going to be found with Christ on the cross. I'm going to be found with Christ on the empty tomb. I'm going to be found with Christ as he walks me into a future so much better than I could have imagined. It's never over for me. It's never over because Christ finished it. And you can't steal my hope. It's about letting him do on the inside what he finished on the cross for me.
That's how I'm found with him. It's by saying, God, cancel my debt through your blood shed on the cross. Give me life. I give you mine. Give me life. Steal the fear of death from me. Eternal life and life with you now. Give me life through what you finished on the cross. Steal the power from my enemies through what you finished on the cross. I don't want to live in that junk anymore. I want to be found in you. And when you say that to him through in faith, he gives you life in place of death. He fills you with hope and he gives you his spirit to live inside you and to walk you into what he has for you every day. Man, it's the best. It's why we say this is so good. And I hope you'll be found in him through your faith and what he finished on the cross for you. We're gonna take communion in a second. I'll, if you have a moment or you haven't gathered it yet, would you grab you know, some bread or some crackers or anything you have around the house? Like It doesn't really matter. What matters is what these things represent, not what they are. And grab some juice or some wine or whatever you have available and maybe some cups everybody in your house or if you're watching alone like maybe you have these things we're gonna practice remembering what Christ has done for us across but would you pray with me for a second dear God we thank you so much for finishing it it's done it's and so we're never over it's our story's never over you can't take hope from us because this is Good Friday because of what you have finished on the cross for us. I pray everybody listening, everybody hearing this, no matter how old or how young, no matter what they have going on in life, I'm not going to be ashamed of it anymore. Like right now they would say, it's finished for me. That they would connect their heart to you in prayer and say, God, I'm, I accept what you have done for me on the cross. I give you my life. I, I want to live in the hope that you have for me, the eternal life you have for me, the exciting life, the full life you have for me now. I want that hope no one can steal, so I give you my life and I accept the forgiveness you have for me. I pray that they would do that right now, and if they did that right now, that they'd let somebody know, they'd let a parent know, they'd let a friend know, they let me know, they'd shoot me an email. They would not stop until they confessed this absolutely incredible step of faith they've just taken. For the rest of us, we got to be so done living like it's over when you have finished it. Help us this season, more than any season, to take some new steps in our life, to start walking in the life you have for us, to be found with you every day of our lives, not just the day of the cross, and not just the day of the empty tomb. And as we celebrate communion together, would you just bless these moments? In Jesus' name, amen. Man, I hope you have your, you know, I got a wafer, and I got a little cup of juice uh, here. I hope you got some a beverage, some wine, or some juice, or um, something as, as everybody in the house, and you know, it, Everybody can celebrate communion as the only requirement in scripture is that we have faith and we understand what Jesus has done for us. So, I mean, just take a second and explain that to your kids if you have it. And, and what we're also instructed to do is just to kind of clear our hearts out before God before we do this so that we can do this with the right kind of spirit. Um, 
So as we reflect here for a moment, would you just kind of like do some business with God, get your heart right before him, and uh, take a moment to kind of settle your hearts, clear the house of distraction, get things right with Jesus, reflect on him. It's good to meditate on him. And he tells us to remember, do this act of communion in remembrance of him. The bread symbolizes his body broken for us and the juice or the wine or whatever you have, it symbolizes his blood shed for us. The victory he has won for us and what he has finished on the cross. It says this in 1 Corinthians, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. God, would you bless this remembrance of you as we take this symbolic representation of your body broken for us on the cross. Amen. You may eat. And when he had given thanks, and he broke it and gave the bread, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he passed it, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Jesus, we're so thankful for your shed blood for us. And as we take this representation of it as a, as a remembrance of the incredible act you provided on the cross, finishing death, finishing our debt, finishing the power of our enemy through your shed blood. We just take this with such gratitude on our hearts. Would you bless this moment in which we remember you? Would you grow our faith and root our hope deeper than ever in what you have finished for us? You may drink. It is so good to remember Jesus and what he has finished for us. And it's my hope and prayer that if you've never actually taken the time to place your faith in what he has done for you and his incredible love for you, that you'll do it and that you'll let somebody know you did it. It says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you'll be saved. Step into that life Jesus has for you. It's so good and it's why we get excited about celebrating what those who don't know probably think is a very dark night when it was all over. It's not over because he finished it. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. When I consider what you have made, the mighty ocean the fiery stars, the fields and forests give you
see your suffering I see your scars And all the wonder And all the love My Lord My God And I stand in love I stand Source of its 
supply Cause in the highlands and the heartache You're either more or less inclined I would search and stop at nothing You're just not that hard to find So I will praise you on the mountain Praise you in the mountains in my way. You're the summit where my feet are. So I will praise you in the valleys all the same. No less God within the shadows. No less faithful when the night leads me astray. You're the Greatest of all valleys, 
come to pastures we call grace a mighty river flowing upwards from a deep but empty grave Splash! 